Hey, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. Come on. I would say like T.D. Jakes, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, everybody. Come on, we've already been getting ready. Come on. How many of y'all glad you're in uh, church on a Friday night, right? Come on, Friday night. Friday night. Um, yeah, man, church good on Friday night. We'll be having more Friday night services in uh, 2020. Come on, let's just right around the corner, 2020. Man. So our next Friday night service, you want to mark it on your calendar already, is going to be January 24th. We've got a special guest coming in from uh, Vacaville, uh, Dave Patterson from the Father's House. It's going to be amazing, just amazing. So it's going to set us up. We're going to be doing 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. So we're going to have an amazing, amazing January kicking off 2020. Come on, everybody. Come on, come on, come on. We are so glad that you're here with us. I don't have anything to say. Church is going to be great Sunday. You need to be at church on Sunday morning, but that's uh, uh, for Sunday morning. Uh, we are, are so thrilled that you're here with us. We've got a great, great dear friend. Uh, Israel Campbell's been with us for several times. I don't know how many times he's been with us, and every time he just uh, is so uh, just has a great word for us and really just a real prophetic flow. And so if you've not been in a meeting with Israel before, what you need to do is open up your, uh, open up your phone or get some notes and get ready and write some stuff down and just be open to receive. Come on, the Bible says that our part, our part when we ever hear the word of God is to open our hearts and just get ready to receive. Come on, everybody, right? So, so whatever that, come on, just open up. Say, I'm ready to, come on, I'm ready to hear the Lord, right? I'm ready to hear. You know, it's interesting that while, even while Jesus was preaching there, there in his hometown, it says he could do no mighty miracle uh, uh, because the people just kind of looked at him as a normal person. They remembered him as the, you know, Joseph's son, the carpenter. He, he, couldn't, do, he couldn't do anything. It didn't that he wouldn't, but he couldn't because of, it says, their unbelief. So isn't it interesting that Jesus could not do what he wanted to do because of the unbelief of some people that were in the room? So listen to me. The worst thing you could ever say is, I didn't get anything out of that church service because really what that's doing is sharing, shining the light on yourself that you must not, might not be believing. So what you need to do tonight is just say, come on, I'm a believer. Come on, somebody, I'm a believer. I believe. I believe the word of God. God's working in me. I'm open up. I'm going to hear God. I'm going to be changed tonight. Come on, would you stand one more time and give it up for my dear friend, Pastor Israel Campbell. Yay, we love you. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Using this one, I think. Using that one. Okay. Awesome. Come on, let's give Jesus another shout of praise tonight. Come on, he's worthy. Sounded like a golf clap. Come on, can we give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords a shout of praise? While you're standing, come on, lift up those hands towards heaven. Father God, we just thank you for an incredible time of worship. God, we thank you for the atmosphere being created. In fact, uh, God, your word says that Elisha says, before I can even prophesy, bring the musician, bring the harp, so that it would create an atmosphere for you to move. So God, we thank you that you are here, ready to speak to us, change us, transform us. And uh, God, we also believe that you will honor that we are here on a Friday night. Uh, Could have been anywhere. But we are here, and we count these nights as special and not common. We count these nights as holy, and so we pray that we would leave this place changed. God, we thank you that as we get into your word, it's your your word that renews our mind. It increases our faith. If we, the psalmist said, if we put it in our heart, it'll keep us from sinning against you. So we're expecting, because of the power of your word, transformation. And God, we know your word's anointed. We know that we're anointed. And so now we just pray for not information, but transformation in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody say amen. You can be seated, high-five your neighbor and say, you look good on a Friday night. Look good on a Friday night. Uh, This evening, uh, I brought uh, my armor bearer, who is my youngest son, Silas. Silas is 10 years old. Silas, would you wave to everybody? Come on, wave to everybody. And um, 
He is prophetic to what his name is. Uh, you remember it was Paul and Silas that at midnight had a shout of praise. And when he was a baby at midnight, he would always have a shout. I don't know if it was always praise, but uh, he is prophetic with it. So it is awesome that he is here tonight. And then, of course, I love, not only do I love your church, but uh, I love your pastors. How many of you love your pastors? And... Um, just even today, Pastor Gary, just a, a man of wisdom and, um, you know, a, a little bit older than me, not by much, uh, but uh, he's, uh, he's a couple steps ahead of me as in age of my children. I have a 19-year-old, I have a 16-year-old, and then a 10-year-old, and so it's great. And then ministry, just how the longevity that your pastors have been in, it's great for somebody to go, hey, so what does this next decade for me look like? What, what are the things I should be doing? What are the things I should not be doing? And then even um, just, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, moving uh, him and his family a while ago from Canada here, and then Rachel and I, uh, we, well, we pastored for a while in North Carolina, then moved to Southern California. So there's so many different things that we can glean and that we can get from your church and from your pastors. And then every time I come here, uh, I was actually abandoned as a child not too far from here in Escondido area. My uh, biological parents struggled with addictions. And so uh, when I was born, I actually went through heroin withdrawals as a baby because my mom had been shooting up while she was pregnant with me. And not too far from here, uh, I was actually dropped off at the doorsteps of Ruth and Victor Campbell, who were not saved at the time, and uh, had got re I got adopted, uh, never have seen my biological mom. And, um, but my adopted parents, who were, again, in this area, got saved, radically saved by the time I was about eight years old, about Silas's age. And ever since then, I've been raised in church. My parents went on to be pastors. And so every time I come here, um, at, again, I come here because I love your church and your pastors. But every time I come here, I'm like, isn't God amazing? That, like how he can turn all of that around. And uh, I don't know if it was a Friday night that I was left at the doorsteps, but isn't it God who can turn it around and on a Friday night we can preach God's gospel? Amen? So I just, uh, every time, it's such an honor to be here. And again, all those reasons, because I love you too. I love your church, but I even love this area. It has significance for me. And so um, just being able to kind of tell Silas, hey, man, this is where it all started and that being in this area. So with that, um, <laughs> with that, what's crazy is uh, uh, I, it's never that I don't know what to preach. It's always what not to preach uh, because I love to preach. And so there's like 50. 20 messages right now that are like saying, preach me, preach me. And I'm like, no, 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 not you. No, 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 not you. And uh, the one that was so interesting that I've, I, I was studying and doing today, putting it all together, was uh, a topic that I, I just didn't think I would do on a Friday night. And then when the worship set ends, I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, God, you are actually wanting me to talk about that. That's good. Okay, thank you for the confirmation and uh, your poor media team was probably freaking out because uh, normally when I do my slides and send them uh, to the media team I I'm about a 15 slide person that's about the max that I got I've got you know my 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 attention wanes I I could get sidetracked and go down a rabbit trail and forget about where I was anybody else kind of like that two of you, uh, everybody else, lay, uh, stretch forth your hands to everyone that has their hand up because uh, we need your help. And so normally I'd have about 15 slides. Maybe if I was feeling like I really needed to teach, I might go 20. But the poor media team tonight got this email and it had 50 slides of scripture <laughs> verses. And uh, I'm saying that because some of you are like, it's going to be a lot. Uh, we, uh, he's Pastor Gary was talking about church on Sunday. You're like, we're going to be here 
till Sunday if he does that many verses. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to hopefully go quickly, and I don't even think I'm going to get all of that. But it was the spirit of expectation, and it was the spirit of wanting to be ready that I'm like, God, I don't believe that tonight is by accident, but I believe you've got a prophetic word, you've got a teaching word, you've got an encouraging word. And come on, if we're going to be out here on a Friday night, let's not just sing Kumbaya and leave. Come on, let's just not take three notes and say we had church, but let's pray that God does something powerful so we can leave this place and people see us tomorrow and go, whoa, did you get a facial? No. Somebody says, whoa, did you get your hair done, your nails done? No. I was just in the glory of God and come on, when he showed up, I got some spiritual Botox. Come on. I am looking better because of the glory. Anybody got that? Is that all right? So I just want to read a couple verses and then teach, preach, prophesy, have what the old school would say, chach, okay? Matthew chapter 17, verses 15 through 20 says this, and Jesus rebuked the devil. Somebody say rebuke the devil. I think that's important. I think that that's important. That Jesus rebuked the devil. I wonder how many of us just allow the devil to do sometimes what the devil wants to do. But isn't it awesome that Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, what does the Bible says he did? He rebuked the devil. Come on, somebody say, not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> that was funnier in my mind. Okay, uh, uh, and Jesus rebuked the devil, and this is what's great. He departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. How many of you believe tonight? Come on, this very hour, God's going to do something. <laughs> then came the disciples to Jesus and said, hey, how come we couldn't cast him out? Jesus said unto him, it's because of your unbelief. For I say unto you, if you would have had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain, remove and, and move and it shall be removed. And nothing shall be impossible to you. But verse 21 says something powerful. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Somebody say this kind. The reality is as Christ followers, there's going to be some this kind of opposition that's going to come against us. And the disciples were shocked because if you look through the account of the Gospels, they had actually seen deliverance, they had seen miracles, they had seen things, but they came up against something that they weren't quite prepared for, and they weren't quite ready for, and they didn't quite expect, and they weren't having the victory. And Jesus, though, however, says, hey, this kind... This, this kind of opposition only comes with prayer and fasting. You're tracking with me. Old Testament scripture verse, I want to read this. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 24 through 27. It says this, But when the Moabites arrived at the Israelite camp, the army of Israel rushed out and attacked them until they turned and ran. The army of Israel chased them into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. They destroyed the towns. They covered their good land with stones. They stopped all the springs and cut down all the good trees. Finally, only one city remained and its stone walls were left. But men with slings surrounded and attacked it. When the king of Moab saw that he was losing the battle, he led 700 of his swordsmen in a desperate attempt to break through the enemy lines near the king of Edom, but they failed. Then the king of Moab took his oldest son, who would have been the next king, and sacrificed him as a burnt offering on the wall, so that there was a great anger against Israel. And the Israelites withdrew and returned to their own land. John chapter 10, verse 10, we all know this verse. The Bible says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
But Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Tonight, I want to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare, and I want to talk about winning in the Spirit. Come on, somebody say, winning in the Spirit. Point to your neighbor and say, winning in the Spirit. Again, the Scripture says that Jesus comes to a situation the disciples are freaking out. The dad's freaking out because the, there's the, a, a, a demonic attack on a child. Jesus, when he sees the demons, when he sees Satan's influence, he immediately rebukes it. And in that hour, in that moment, the child is free. The disciples freak out, say, hey, how come we can't do this? And Jesus gives us and the disciples a principle that there are some Sometimes these kind that would be coming against us that could be, in a sense, larger than what they were expecting. The Old Testament, the children of Israel were just about to reach their prophetic destiny. They had been told that they would overcome the Moabites. Now, we know uh, all the different Am uh, Amalekites. We know about the Moabites. We, we know about the Flebites. Come on, there are all kinds of, of enemies. And one of the enemies was the Moabites. And the children of Israel had been promised that one day they would possess and have victory over the enemy. They are walking in prophetic destiny. The Bible says that they are down to only a few hundred soldiers, 700. They've, uh, they've, they've gotten the whole army. They are about to finally conquer a nation that has been in a sense the thorn on their, uh, their side for hundreds and hundreds of years. They're just about to have the victory and the Bible says that the king of Moab sacrifices his oldest son who would be next to be king on a wall. And most theologians as you look at the commentaries say that something happened where the Bible said that there was uh, that if you saw from the text it says that it was so disgusting it was so hard the children of Israel did not go in and possess but they actually went back to their land and never reaped what God had for it. Most theologians will say that the gods of Moab, what they were doing is they were sacrificing to demons. And when the sacrifice happened, it unleashed a demonic onslaught. Now, I know you didn't come to church on a Friday night to hear the theology of demons and angels and to get freaked out. And I'm not here to freak you out. All I am here to tell you is all throughout scripture, when the children of Israel, when Jesus and the disciples were about to possess and walk in their prophetic destiny, there was always like a demonic attack that would come and try to keep them from getting to be where they were supposed to be. Jesus, the Bible says, a storm hits while they're trying to cross the sea. What happens after Jesus rebukes the storm is he immediately gets on the other side and what meets him is a guy that says, I'm possessed, what's your name? My name is legion for there are many it's almost like the storm came against the disciples to keep Jesus from where he's at because the enemy didn't want Jesus to come into a new land and take over new ground and I came all the way from Hermosa Beach California to tell somebody the reason it has been so difficult and the reason why there has been oppression is because God realizes that he you are on assignment and you are about to go into what he has prophesied and the enemy is trying to do all he can do to get you to go back instead of possess what God has said. Does that make sense? And, 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 but we, but we live in California. Demons, Satan, that's, the, that's for the church lady, right? That, 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 that's, for, that's for other. But it's interesting as your pastors have traveled and I've traveled around the world. You go to some places and they have no problem understanding that there are witch doctors. They have no problem saying good and evil. But in the United States, especially California, 
Come on, we don't believe in that. But we have school shootings. We have racism. We have all these things that we've just put makeup on and tried to make them look pretty when the reality is, come on, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus has come to give life and to give it more abundantly. My, my wife and I, we were, we were raised in Seattle. That's where we met. And uh, my first position in ministry was a, I was a youth pastor in Seattle. And uh, we, we, had a, we just had the, a nice church. We were, we were the kind of church that, like, we would sing, This is the Day. Come on, you remember that song? This is the day. And we, and we thought we were jamming, right? A bunch of white folks. And we could don't don't change the rhythm. This is just that's just what we did. And it was good. Um, I remember um, we had um, we we had such an interracial youth group. We had every single African-American that went to the local high school of 3000 went to our youth group. We had all three. <laughs> right, we, all three because we were a white church and that there's nothing wrong with that but that was just kind of our DNA this is the day and we are so white and this was uh it was just just the church and it was it was good and um and our youth ministry expanded and grew and pretty soon our youth ministry was actually larger than our Sunday morning attendance we just had revival and you know how that happens I think we had a couple cheerleaders get saved right and then the cheerleaders bring the football players you know what I mean that's all that there, there, there wasn't some it wasn't our preaching or music it was those cheerleaders and uh and uh and, and so uh we got uh asked to come and move from Seattle to Orlando, uh, Florida, and we went from an all-white church to a predominantly all-African-American church. And so uh, about 6,000 members, and there were about four of us that were white. Three of those were my family, right? <laughs> and uh, so we went from singing this is the day. To, this is the day. This is the day. And, and it was and so. I, I I just. It was a culture shock, um, but it was like the best thing that ever happened to me because my pastor at that time um, he he loved like he I don't know why but he loved for me to transition the service on Sunday. And so what would happen is kind of like what you did with the transition came up here. And so I'd come up and, I, and I'd wait for it to kind of die, you know, because I'm, 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 this is the day. And so I need it to die down so that I can then say, hey, let's greet everybody. And, uh, you know, just come on, praise the Lord, guys. And, uh, and I'd just be so excited about Jesus. And, and, and you know, my, my, my idol, Joel Osteen, this is my Bible. And daddy always said. And, you know, and had a little mini mullet. I was so good. And, um, 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 and so, so what would happen is I'd get up and it would die down just about the time to speak. And my pastor on the front row would nod over to the drums and be like, come on. And then the drummer would go into a beat that I didn't know even existed, but it was the church beat, and it was a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and it was like the church would go crazy, and we'd have people running, and, and people would be shouting and uh, praising, and, 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 and I'd just be like this. And he would sit and laugh like, ah. And, uh, and so uh, I, I just look at my wife, and she was like, I don't know what you do. And so that week, I went to our TV department, and, um, and I asked for it, like, almost like an athlete. I asked to see the transitions for the last year, what different people did and what the pastor did. And so the next week, I came to church, and he gave me the nod that that was my time to do the transition. And what he didn't know is that I had watched, and I had practiced for a week, and I had seen every Bishop Jakes. I had seen the Winans. I had seen everybody do the transition. So when he gave me the mic and was expecting me to be like, 
<laughs> and and we had charge. And and so that was that. And then after that, I just the, the, that just kind of that they be. I, I I just became that was my people, right? And uh, and 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 so they would call me white chocolate. They would call me uh, reverse Oreo. They would. I mean everything and so so we just were there for a while and then uh out of that rachel and i took over a church in north carolina so again we'd been in an all-white church we'd been in an all-african-american church and we moved to north carolina and in the city the city was 40 percent caucasian 40 percent african-american and 10 percent hispanic and i just got there and went well i, I want to have a church that represents the city. You know, just if that's what the city demographic is, then let's have a church that's like that. And so I just did what I, I, I thought we should do. I was young, uh, just uh, in my early 30s. Rachel and I didn't know anything. We are just excited about Jesus. And, and so we had uh, 12 elders of the church that we came in and took over for. And my first hire was uh, I was gonna buy, uh, was gonna get an associate pastor, and he was the best guy for the job. He had worked for the Orlando Magic. He's just incredible with stuff, and uh, he happened to be African American. He's the best guy for the job, and so I hired him. Well, we also needed a secretary, and so I, I again from Florida, our church, our whole church was predominantly African American. With this young lady was in our youth ministry. Hey, would you move up here? Would you be part of our team? Would you be on administration? Be the secretary? And I was so excited because I was like, these guys are awesome. Well, what I didn't know is I was in North Carolina. And what I didn't know is that they still call themselves the South. What I didn't know is that some of them were still waiting uh, for the South to rise again. And what I, what I didn't know is that they were some of them that were racist. And I didn't know until a Sunday morning, 10 of the 12 elders on a Sunday morning, got up and left the church during the service on a boycott for Rachel and I. And we were like, what is up? And we didn't even, we at that moment didn't even realize why. We just thought, man, we're not singing good enough. We must not be preaching good enough. And I was, I was given everything. But what happened was there all white church was starting to change and there were more people coming in and 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 that day our demographic increased greatly as in more diversified because we had so many white people just leave and i know that's uncomfortable to say but the reality was i was so mad at those people and you know small town north carolina you're gonna run into people how many of you have you ever done that? Somebody you don't like and you run into them at Target, you'll spend more time in the children's section. You don't even have children, but as long as you don't have to run into them, come on, you know what I mean. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And so we're, we're, we're living in that city and Rachel's mad, I'm mad, and we're just dumb enough. Like, oh, we find out a little bit of the reason why they left, and, and I was just dumb enough to go make billboards in the front of our city, the back of our city. They said things like, you won't last a week without us. You won't last a month without us. They said all this stuff, and I was like, do you think I'm living in North Carolina for a paycheck? The only reason I'm here is because God told us to be here. We're going to build a church, and I could have stayed in Orlando. I didn't, like, what, what are you, whatever. So I asked, how much money do we have in the bank? There's a pastor where you've got this amount of savings. Okay, I want you to spend all of it on billboards, and we're going to put billboards throughout the city that say uh, laundry is the only thing that should be separated by color, and then we put our church name right there on the bottom of it. It's kind of like a... And, and of course, church grew, church, uh, you know, increased multiple, uh, two campuses, all that kind of stuff. That's what kind of catapulted us from there to where we're at in L.A. But I'll never forget, never forget the moment that I realized, oh, this was, this had to do with racism. 
And this had to do with not the person, but the spirit. And I realized, come on, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but this is a spirit. And it changes your mentality when you stop looking at, think of the disciples, what's wrong with this kid? What's wrong with this kid? And Jesus says, no, he recognizes it was Satan and he rebukes Satan. He never rebukes the kid. And listen, Jesus had rebuked some people in the Bible, Peter being one of them. How many of you can relate to Peter in your life? Come on, right? Peter got rebuked by God. Peter got rebuked by Paul. Peter got rebuked by Jesus. Peter, Peter is my kind of guy, right? I can relate. But I say all that to say that something switched in Rachel and I. When we stopped being mad at people and we started recognizing that it was the spirit and not the person. And some of you need to hear this tonight because you're working with somebody and you want to anoint them with your shoe. And you've got somebody in your family that you are struggling with. And there's things at your children's school and there's things in the community. And what we can do as Christ followers is we can become angry at people and miss the entire thing that it's not a person but it is a spirit and when you know it's a spirit come on you gotta fight a little bit different is that all right so I, I just wrote three things tonight just to maybe help you I wrote this the reason the demonic attack is so prevalent right now is because you are so close to your prophetic destiny. The, the, the reason it is so much oppression and opposition is because you are so close to a breakthrough. How many of you receive that tonight and say, yep. How, ma how, many, of you, how many of you say, I'm close? <laughs> Anybody say, it has been a difficult week. It's been a difficult month. Anybody here saying this year has been one of the most difficult years? Can I just encourage you that there's a reason it's been difficult? It's not just been difficult just to be 2019 difficult. It has been difficult because the enemy recognizes that you are this close to finally having the victory. And I prophesy. Come on, we're going to bust through. Amen. I, I, I wrote this. Most people don't catch when it switches from the natural to the supernatural or the spiritual. Look at all of a sudden, children of Israel are chasing after the Moabites, right? All of a sudden, man, we're going to have the victory. They're singing songs. This is how we fight our battles. Come on. They're going in. They're about to have the victory. And then all of a sudden, right when they're about to finally dominate and have victory over the Moabites, the Bible says this pressure, this opposition, this thing comes against them. And all of a sudden, it went from he's fighting to sacrificing his son. It went from the natural to the spiritual like this. And most of the times, as Christ followers, we don't recognize that it's switched. We're still in the flesh. So when it switches, come on, in the flesh, we want to, oh yeah? <laughs> we'll be laying on of some hands tonight, amen? Right? Have you, have you ever had that situation where you'd like, you, you're like, you're in the natural and in the flesh, you want to retaliate in the flesh? And how many of you know, there's no victory when you're in the flesh. And most of us miss the switch. We miss that they're, whoa, whoa, our spiritual radar should be up. Whoa, this is a spiritual battle. This is not a flesh battle. Does that make sense? And I, I, I think sometimes with our children, we don't recognize, oh, there's been a switch. Come on, at our work, oh, there's been a switch. And I don't, I don't, please, please, after tonight, please don't be those corny Christians. Please don't be those wacky Christians that everything's demonic. The coffee machine didn't work. It's demon-possessed. 
Target, Santa, Satan. Have you ever seen them in the same room? Come on, don't, don't be one of those kind of people. All wear red, you know what I mean? No, 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 don't be crazy, but be spiritual and have an understanding. Whoa, this just switched. Come on, this just turned. And I now know I'm going to have to fight this battle a little bit differently. Is that all right? I wrote this. Uh, oftentimes, and this ties to that, is that we choose the wrong weapons. We choose the wrong weapons. So we fight in the natural. We're keyboard ninjas, right? You know what I'm talking about? We can, we, oh, we can post what we think and what our opinion is. It doesn't change anything. You and I just battled a spirit with an Instagram post. Wow. Life-changing. The world is a better place because you posted that. And all five of my followers liked it. You know it's true, though. And Christians, you see it everywhere. We are the worst. Take away Christians' Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, some of your MySpace, because I know you're still on it. Take it away. And take away your ability to post what you think. And start battling in the Spirit. And I wonder what would happen in our nation instead of all the other stuff. We, we choose the wrong weapons. And so uh, we, we, tonight I just want to talk about uh, a few spiritual weapons choosing the right thing. I, and I, I don't want to, um, you know, because this, this, is, this is charger country. Uh, but I'm going to quote Al Davis, uh, the, co the former owner of the Raiders. He used to have a phrase, and they put it everywhere, even in their new uh, stadium being built in Las Vegas. It says, just win, baby. Anybody know this one? Just win, baby. Al Davis. Is there any Raider fans here? Because, yeah, we'll be praying for you at the end of the service. I rebuke the devil. No. Uh, uh. So, 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 um, just win, baby. And I, and I thought, I need to fix that. Because it even looks, look at that guy, even looks like he, he, he needs communion, doesn't he? I mean, he just, he needs Jesus. So I changed it to not just win baby, but just win in the spirit, baby. And do you see my clip art skills? Do you see how I put the Holy Spirit in the Raiders little, man, I got skills. Haters are going to say it's photoshopped, but me personally, I'm just going to say just Win in the spirit, baby. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, just win in the spirit, baby. Come on, point to your second favorite neighbor. Say, just win in the spirit, baby. Is that all right? Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 11 says, For we are not unaware of the enemy's schemes. So as Christ followers, we are, we are not unaware that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We're not, we're not unaware of that. We, we, we understand Jesus comes into a situation. He rebukes the devil. There is a battle for this world that we are in. The great thing is we know who wins that battle and who has won that battle. But right now, we're in the middle of a tug of war. And if we fight in the natural, we will always lose. But when we begin to say, come on, I'm going to win this battle in the spirit, you'll position yourself for victory. Your boss is not the enemy. Oftentimes, it is the enemy that is uh, the situation that you're really fighting against. Because maybe your sphere of influence, the enemy doesn't want a Christ follower to be leading your corporation and your one and so mad about the situation and you want to knock them out LL Cool J said mama said knock them out and you're like come on I'm gonna knock them out but you'll lose some of the racial tension that you're feeling and the oppression that you're feeling yes you can get mad at a person and you can direct all
all of your energy towards that person, but you'll still never have the victory because the victory over racism is never won one-on-one. Come on. The victory is won in the spirit when you're saying, come on, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to let you try to put that stuff on me. Come on. Greater is he that is in me than anything that is in the world. Come on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. I am going to possess what God has said and I'm going to win this in the spirit, baby. And I'm not going to keep on trying to win it in the flesh. Right? And, and, And so many times we try to win in the flesh when we've got to learn to win in the spirit. Does that make sense? So I just want to talk about a few things tonight and we'll close. And as I close, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a prophetic word for us as a church. Uh, and that's why I had 50 slides. And, uh, but I, 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 I'll skip half of it if I get a few more amens. And uh, I, 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 I get to the end quicker if I, I get a few preach it white boys. And uh, if, if I, I get a, a little bit of a then I, 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 I won't go all 50 slides and we'll close. But I just want to tonight just and I know you know it because you've got such good pastors. And when an outside speaker comes in, most of the time, we're not going to come and bring new revelation. We're only going to bring it in a different frequency, what that's already been taught, so that you just go. Isn't that like what it is with your kids? You tell your kids a million times, and then their friend says something, they're like, you know what so-and-so said? And you're like, oh, my gosh. That's all I'm doing tonight. I'm just doing a, just a repeat. But I just want to talk about a few things on to train yourself how to win in the spirit. Is that all right? Is this okay? I'm going through. I, I, I'm on number slide 15. Come on, we only got 30, 40, 50. Yeah, we, 35 more. I won't. First one I wrote, how do we win? We already talked about it. Jesus said we do it with prayer and fasting. That's why your church earlier in, I think it was September, had a period of time, maybe it was October, three days of praying, fasting. In, in January, you guys will have some time praying and fasting. It's not a hunger strike. You ain't Gandhi. Come on. This ain't a hunger strike. This is a spiritual discipline that we understand. How did Jesus say there was victory with these kind? There are some kind that you will never have victory on unless you begin to take up your spiritual activity up a notch and you're going to have to fast and pray. There are some times with your kids, you're going to have to fast and pray. There are some times at your workplace, you're going to have to fast and pray. Come on, Thanksgiving's coming up, and you're going to see Uncle Bill. Come on, you know, you need to fast and pray so you don't lose your mind, right? Come on. So there's these kind come only with fasting and prayer. We don't like that as Christians. We want, we want, we want instant, microwavable, easy stuff. There are these kinds. Only have victory when we say, flesh, you are not in charge. And I'm going to win this in the spirit. That's why we fast and pray, because we're saying no to the flesh. We're saying yes to the spirit. Does that make sense? Prayer and fasting. Come on, point to your neighbor. Say, he's talking to you tonight. Got real quiet in this Presbyterian church when I said that. Second thing I wrote is praise and worship, right? What, what is, what, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, listen to this. At the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab, Mount Seir, to start fighting amongst themselves. As soon as they started to worship, the enemy said, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. First Samuel chapter 16, 23, whenever a tormenting spirit troubled Saul, David would play the harp. What does it say? As soon as he went, the Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. What does Isaiah 61 verse 3 says? For the garment put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
Can I tell you, you, the music tonight was phenomenal, but it was not a rock concert. It wasn't a time to just kind of look up there and go, oh, weren't they singing good? And oh, man, I'm glad we're singing that song. But things were actually happening. And if you can tap into, I'm not just singing words on a screen. If you can tap into that as I begin to lift my voice, as I begin to declare who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as I begin to echo the, through the hallways of eternity if they're saying holy 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 and now on earth I'm declaring he's holy 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 something shifts in the atmosphere and listen I got my 80 Spotify yes I got my run DMC it's tricky and I can I, I can rock it but I understand there's power in worship and so there are some times in my house you can ask Silas my son I say to Alexa play Hillsong worship and we change the atmosphere in our house because we understand we're not just singing cool Christian music come on we are singing songs that lift up the name of Jesus and when we do it the enemy has got to flee so when I come to church excuse me I'm not looking at the band hoping they sing my favorite song I'm not hoping that they do whatever is on my list I understand that I'm going to war right now and come on band come on worship team you're not the only ones playing when I lift up my voice something shifts in the atmosphere don't you dare let a Friday night go by don't you dare let a Sunday morning and you just roll in and watch the worship team are you crazy that's your time to have victory over the enemy <laughs> 80 more slides to go are you all right I wrote this. Nobody's going to like this. I wrote forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there's anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. And listen, why have I walked in forgiveness? In order that Satan won't outwit us. For we are unaware of his schemes. I already talked about the unaware of his schemes. You're all like, hey man, preacher white boy, I know the devil's trying to get me. But you're still talking about 1984 like Uncle Rico, talking about what if somebody else would have let you in the game. Right? One of the greatest spiritual weapons that we have is the ability to forgive. It will, it will destroy the schemes of the enemy. But can I tell you, not this church, maybe only in Hermosa Beach, not here. Some of the Christians I meet are holding on to things since 1972, still mad, still hurt, and, and still talking about what happened at their old church. Honey, you ain't at your old church anymore. Let go and let God. Still, still talking about stuff. And I'm not, listen to me, I'm not trying to downplay the hurt that you have felt, the pain that you have suffered. But you holding on to it is only empowering it. And I, I hate to tell you this newsflash, that person probably didn't wake up this morning thinking about you. Because they're probably too selfish to even realize it. Right? Don't even know they've done anything. But you're still holding on to it. But as soon as you begin to say, you know what? Holy Spirit, help me forgive. It's not easy. Right now, when I pray blessing on them, I only pray that leprosy doesn't come on them. And God, I, I, need, a, I need a little bit more. But as you begin to forgive, and as you begin to release, the enemy begins to, because forgiveness is tied into our kingdom connection that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he forgave us. When we walk in forgiveness, Forgiveness, we're walking with him and when we walk with him we begin to have victory come on somebody in here needs to understand come on say it to your neighbor like Nacho Libre say I forgive you come on say I forgive you listen listen if you're in church long enough somebody's gonna offend you just get used to it buy the t-shirt somebody's gonna offend me I go to church 
because it's not a building full of angels. If it was all angels, it'd be so good. But you're here. You messed it up. You showed up tonight and ruined our good streak. And so did I. So did the person in front of you, behind you. And we, you're going to get hurt. The Bible says, great peace have those who love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. And I wonder if our churches would see supernatural growth because spiritually we learn the principle of forgiveness. I wonder if our family, I wonder if we would start seeing some breakthroughs in our family, if we'd start forgiving and creating an atmosphere of that, what would happen in our families. You still love me? I wrote this one. I better get some amens on this one. I wrote sex with your spouse. I got nothing. Silas, plug your ears. Uh, well, First well, Corinthians chapter seven, verse five. Uh, Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from the sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So we know this, that sexual ties, soul ties, can be so damaging to people. And so this is not, this, when I said with your spouse, notice, I, didn't, I, I went all the single people going, amen. Friday night, that's a good word, Pastor. No, 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 no. No, with, with, with your spouse. Because think about, just for a second, I, won't, I, I know you're nervous. How long is Pastor going to talk about this? And I, I, I'm not, I won't even use my hands as an illustration. Uh, uh, but, but, but think about, and I think that we don't realize, and young people don't, single people don't, is we don't realize that our sexuality is tied in. To spiritual things and we don't get that we are not taught that we're just taught that everything is free and just do whatever you want and and that's the postmodern world that we live in and nobody talks about the, the 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 sexuality and spirituality actually are intertwined and 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 paul is talking to the church and who is in a very sexual environment they have shrine prostitutes in their city people are and he's talking about hey listen you can have some victory over the enemy by just the intimacy that you and your wife have come on somebody that should have been an amen and so there are some times where I feel like the enemy and I'm like baby come on we need to have uh, we just need to get some spiritual warfare going on turn on Marvin Gaye and let's have spiritual warfare right can I get an amen yeah, 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 yeah. You may laugh at me and think I'm being ridiculous, but uh, husbands, wives, if that's not, then what the enemy can do is the enemy can, at the workplace, somebody from the opposite sex showing your spouse extra attention. And all of a sudden, and all these things that happen in affairs and things like that, and we wonder what, 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 what. But you know, one of the ways that we keep that from ever happening is my wife, is Israel, you're going out of town. Well, we better do some spiritual warfare before you go to San Diego because I, 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 I want protection to be around you, right? And I'm like, yes, Lord, hallelujah, amen. I better go to the next subject. Is this all right? I thought for sure I'd get a preacher white boy on that one. Just a couple more. Is that all right? Worship team, worship team, give me two minutes and then come up. And, and that will let everybody know that I'm wrapping up. I won't be done, but it'll let them know that I'm wrapping up. Is that all right? Just a couple more. Is that okay? Who, who, who give me five more minutes? Five more minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. Ha! We're going to have church. Uh, 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 I, wrote, I wrote this. Remember, winning in the spirit. How do we do it? Sacrificial giving sacrificial giving what it, listen to this we all hear it every sunday malachi chapter 3 verse 10 bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and and try me now in this says the lord if i will not open you up for the windows of heaven pour you out a blessing and listen you all know it and i will rebuke the devourer for your sake there's a, a opposition financially and it feels like every single 
thing is going wrong. Have you ever gotten that where just like your car breaks the same week? The toilet breaks the same week? My, my wife, I don't know what she did, but she dropped a jar of peanut butter on the glass counter cooktop and it just hit the corner and broke the corner just two days ago. And I came in, I'm like, I, I didn't think it was her. I was like, kids, what did you do? And Rachel's like, it was me. <laughs> she's like, and, and she's like, I think it's the devil. We should have spiritual warfare, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> what was I saying? What was I saying? No, 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 no. Financially, financially, being generous, putting God first, the Bible says he rebukes the devourer. You're not just giving and tithing on Sunday. You are doing spiritual warfare over your finances. And, and, and I don't think we do it. Sometimes we just do it because this is what we're supposed to do. We're a giving church, and I'm generous, and God loves the generous. Oh, and we just get in, and it's a routine, but we don't realize the moment. When that offering bucket goes by, yeah, enemy, you are getting defeated because the Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer. I'm not just putting something into the old school Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. No, I am putting something and believing that something is happening supernatural. Amen? Next one, is that all right? How do we win in the spirit? Community. You're doing it tonight. Being here tonight. You didn't know it, but you came here tonight. You positioned yourself to begin to win in the spirit. Because what does the enemy love to do? He loves to get us isolated. Think about when Elisha was throwing a pity party. Think about when Moses was out, in, uh, out wandering in the wilderness before he let the people go. If the enemy can get you in isolation, he'll have the victory. But when we come into community and we realize what you're going through that, what you've been through that came out the other side, what you had marriage problems, but God interviewed what you, what? you got a promotion and, 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 and God, uh, he was Jehovah Jireh in your situation. He's no respecter of persons. We come in here and look at all around. We've got all kinds of ethnicities. We've got all kinds of backgrounds. We've got skinny people. We've got blessed people. Come on. We got people with hair. We got people with nair. Come on. We we got all kinds of people that like country music. We got people that are, that are, are true Christians and listen to 80s. We got people in here that, 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 that are Charger fans. We even have a few that we need to pray for that are Raider fans. Come on. We got all kinds of different people, but we all came in here. Even though there are differences, we all said, come on, we need each other. And because we put aside our differences and came in, come on, somebody, God says, listen, we're too or more are gathered in my name he shows up I don't need to I don't need to tell you all the theology of demons and angels I'm not going to tell you if you're possessed or oppressed I can tell you one thing if you can get yourself here with some believers and Jesus shows up can I tell you when Jesus shows up the enemy has to flee Two more and I'm done. Are you all right? I wrote, you're already up here. Good man. You let me know. Worship team, you guys can come up here. I, I really am about to wrap up. I, I, I love this. Uh, uh, build God's house. There's, there's a difference between just community, which you did. And I'm not saying that you coming tonight is not amazing. No, you coming tonight, building community, God shows up. Aren't you glad you're here tonight? But, but there's even another greater step. It goes from being a spectator to a participator. And when you build God's house, you actually do spiritual warfare. Listen, this isn't me. This is Israel saying it. What does Jesus say? Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 through 19. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and listen, and on this rock I will build my church. Listen, when we build God's church, the Bible says, and I, uh, and I, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
You're not just ushering. You're not just working in the nursery. You're not just on the worship team. When you're building God's house, you're not just doing media in the back and, and, and getting the songs ready. When you're, you're, you're cleaning and stacking chairs and setting out things, you, 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 don't, you don't understand. It's not a job that needs to be get done. You're, this isn't the Boys and Girls Club. This isn't just a nonprofit. No, this is the church. And Jesus says, when you build the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What? what? Okay. And not that you've ever done this, but it seems to me so weird, Pastor Gary, is the people that are getting attacked the most oftentimes are not on church on Sunday. And it blows my mind of like, and everybody, and I mean, we all have it. How many times do we have things it feels like on Sunday that doesn't happen on Monday? Monday's a work day. And it's like, it's just easy. You wake up on time, don't have to push snooze seven times. Come on, coffee machine works. Wife kisses you, everything's good. Kids are all ready to go to school, everything's nice. But on Sunday, I mean, anything and everything that could happen in the Campbell household can happen. In fact, Rachel and I have decided to not go to church together because on the way to church, we will get in an argument on the way to church. And that's not good if the worship leader is saying, thank you, Jesus, and I'm as the pastor on the stage like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then I'm preaching and saying, come on. And she's like, oh, you weren't this morning, you weren't, right? We get in, uh, you're all looking at me like you've never had intense fellowship with your spouse. You're either real nervous about it or you know I'm telling the truth. Why is Sunday so hard? Lionel Richie lied. Easy like Sunday morning? That's a lie. It's a lie. No, it's tough because the enemy knows that when you begin to build God's house, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's why I, 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 so many opportunities to miss a Sunday. Are you crazy? Sunday is a spiritual warfare day that sets up the rest of the week. I am ready to have victory because of what happened. Don't you dare just think I'm an usher. Don't you dare just think I work in parking. Don't you dare just think I work in the media department. No, 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 no. You are building God's house. And when you build God's house, the gates of hell will not prevail. Is that all right? Last one. And I'm going to prophesy over a couple of you and we're going to leave, okay? I said declare God's word. Matthew chapter 4 verse 10 through 11 says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then listen, Then the devil left him. Behold, angels came and ministered to him. How do you win in the Spirit? You've got to have some it is written's inside of you. Do you have your, it is written? We should all, Jesus had three, it is written. We should all have three, it is written. I'm, I'm more than a conqueror. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Come on, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. We should all have three, it is written. When the enemy comes, if it's a temptation that you're struggling with, do you have your it is written's, what it says about that subject? Do you have some it is written's about your children? Do you have some it is written's about sickness? By his stripes, I am healed. Jesus went throughout every town healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Come on, I, I have some it is written's in my life. 
Come on, we got, we got to have some it is written. Why? Because we don't wrestle in the flesh. We don't knock out the person that we're working with. We declare God's word over them. We declare over our spouse what God's word says about them, even if they're acting like a, 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 a moron, right? Come on, even if they are a knucklehead, we declare what God's word says. We declare God's word over our children, even if they're not acting in it. We're going to say it is written, come on, that I as if for me and my house, come on, we will serve the Lord. Do you have your it is written? Because that's how we win. Not being a keyboard ninja posting your post. I'm going to close. I'm skipping. Listen, I'm skipping 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 slides. Because I love you so much. And you said amen so much. My spirit just said yes. Wow. Acts chapter 16. Closing my Bible. Doesn't mean anything, but I just wanted you to feel good. (laughs) Acts chapter 16. Verses 16 through 19. Says one day we were going down to the place of prayer. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Verse 17. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. Paul, author of two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul, who had been stoned. Not our kind of stone, but stoned where they got rocks and tried to kill him. Just, we're in California, just want to make sure. You know what I'm talking about. Paul, who had been shipwrecked. Paul, who had been shipwrecked, started to build a fire and a snake came out and bit him. Paul, that Paul, got so exasperated by a young girl who just kept on saying, these guys come to preach the gospel. Paul got exasperated of of my, my message. Today, that wasn't in there. I was thinking about you today. And I was thinking about if Paul could get to the point of exasperation. I wonder if there's anybody here that doesn't realize it. There has been an enemy trying to nag and bug and get you to get off course. And in this case, it didn't even seem like it was that bad of a thing, but it was nagging Paul. It was bugging Paul. It was harassing Paul. It said day after day, this spirit came and tried to attack Paul and tried to get Paul off course. And finally, Paul said, enough is enough. And he said, come on, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I'm putting my my interpretation on it. Enough is enough. Finally, he says, come on, we're not going to be like the children of Israel that turn back and don't possess our prophetic future. No, no, no. I am on the verge of something. Something's about to happen in the spiritual. Something's about to break forth. Something's about to change. I am not throwing up the towel. I am not going back. I'm not going to cower. I have said enough is enough. And I believe believe that thus saith the Lord for some of you tonight it's a Friday night and you came here and there was some kind of expectation and there was some kind of you know what come on God I am ready for a breakthrough I am ready for a transformation I am ready for something to shift and I'm wondering if there are just a couple hundred people here tonight that would say God I'm looking to your son Jesus the author and the finisher 
of my faith and I'm believing who the sun sets free is free indeed and we sing a song I believe and I I don't think we should just sing it but I believe we should begin to prophesy and we should begin to declare come on can you lift up those hands right now can you lift up those voices right now can we say it right now oh 